Welcome to the Hustle Sanely podcast, a show that equips you to leave overwhelm behind and step into a life of peaceful productivity. Around here, we believe it is totally possible to pursue our goals without feeling burnt out, overwhelmed, or sacrificing our mental health and relationships. I'm your host and productivity expert, Jess Massey. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hustle Sanely podcast. Okay, so I am just going to say this like it is. I feel like I do that anyways, but we're just going to roll with that. So it's been a heavy few weeks, right? Last week on Instagram, you may have noticed that I participated in using my account to amplify the voices of the black community. There's a highlight on my Instagram profile called BLM, which stands for Black Lives Matter, where every Everything that I've shared over the last couple of days is there, okay? So it's saved in one spot for you. Now, in all honesty, I did not plan on doing a podcast episode about racism, um, the Black Lives Matter movement, or anything that has been going on. But as I sat down to write the script for today's show, which was originally supposed to be on the Enneagram, I just felt really unsettled in my spirit. We'll definitely talk about the Enneagram next week, but I spent all last week amplifying black voices and educating myself on racism, social injustice, cultural appropriation, and white privilege. And I felt like I couldn't not address that stuff here on the podcast too, because it's important and it's a message that needs to be heard and to grow as humans and to truly walk in love, we have to be committed to continuing our inner work, right? So let me start off first and foremost by admitting my past ignorance. I actually want to read a caption that I posted on Instagram because it pretty much sums up how um, I'm feeling and how what I want you guys to kind of get out of me confessing my past ignorance. So here is the Instagram caption that I shared last week, and it says, I've gone back and forth about whether or not I should speak up about George Floyd, mostly because of my fear of saying something wrong and offending someone. But then I realized that my fear of speaking up is part of the problem. My fear of speaking up pales horribly in comparison to what George Floyd went through, and it pales horribly in comparison to what his loved ones are experiencing right now and will continue to experience for the rest of their lives. Their loved one, George, is dead. A life is gone. George was someone's son. He was someone's brother, someone's cousin, someone's friend. So to the black community, I am sorry. Me. I am sorry. I'm sorry that I haven't spoken up because of my discomfort. I'm sorry that I haven't ever taken action before because I felt ill-equipped to do so. I'm sorry that I've made this about me. Racism is not okay. Ever. Injustice is not okay. Ever. At Oh Happy Danny has a highlight on her profile called On Action, and that's where I'm starting. Since sharing this, some gracious women have helped me understand that in this case, silence points to indifference. That speaking up, even if we feel like we don't know what to say, makes people feel seen, heard, and stood with. Acknowledge that racism is hate and that it's wrong, and that it cannot stay this way. My friend at Daughter 
of Delight said that as followers of Christ, we are called to expose evil, which it says that in Ephesians 5.11, and uproot it. Silence won't do that. Our words and our actions cannot change what happened, but they can change what happens. I bought two books yesterday. The first one is called So You Want to Talk About Race, and the second one is called White Fragility, Why It's So Hard for White People to Talk About Racism. It's time to start educating myself and being an active participant toward the solution. Thanks for being patient and extending grace. I love this community. Okay, so that's the end of the Instagram caption. It's a novel. I'm aware. Most of my captions are. But in the show notes of this episode, I am going to have links for a lot of resources that I've been consuming and anything that I reference in this episode, okay? Now, real quick, I want to share five things that I've learned this week as I've taken the steps to educate myself on racism. So it's just a five-point bulleted list. I've learned a lot more than this, but I just wanted to have five tangible things to share with you here. So number one, I've learned about cultural appropriation uh, from my friend Barry over on Instagram, which I've actually spoken about her before on Instagram. She is my go-to resource for all things period and hormones. If you've ever had any issues with like your period or your hormones, you need to go check out Barry's Instagram, I'm telling you. But anyways, I learned about cultural appropriation from her and I learned that I need to choose my words more carefully. You guys, I was totally unaware that saying girl with a drag, so like how I used to say girl and occur, these are forms of cultural appropriation. Like I had no idea. So I take responsibility for that and I'm sorry. I know better now, and so I'm going to do better. And Barry also said, which this line is so powerful, so listen, okay? Barry said, this isn't black people versus white people. This is everyone versus racism. That gives me chills. So good. And then the second point that I wanted to share about things that I have learned this week from at oh happy Danny on Instagram, I've learned a couple of things, and I kind of rolled them all up into one. Number one, perfectionism isn't a prerequisite for participation. It's okay to get it wrong. It's okay to be corrected by someone, but it's not okay to do nothing. White people have to acknowledge that racism is real and that it's wrong, okay? And then the second thing that I learned from Danny is we have to acknowledge that white privilege is a thing. It exists. I learned that white privilege is not the same as being racist. It's not denying that white people experience hardships, and it doesn't mean that white people haven't worked hard for what they have. Danny said that privilege at its core means having advantages that others don't. Okay, and then the third point that I learned from Oh Happy Danny is saying that you don't see color is actually tone deaf. Because I used to say that if someone was like was was talking about, you know, the differences between black people, white people, brown people, I'd be like, oh, well, I don't see color. But that's actually tone deaf. And it doesn't acknowledge the differences between being black and being white. Danny said that when she hears people say that they don't see color, she hears them saying that they're not making an effort to dismantle their own 
prejudices, which we all have, whether you want to admit it or not, we all have some sort of prejudices, okay? Um, And then the third point that I wanted to talk about that I've learned this week, it's my responsibility as a white person to educate myself, i.e. it is not the responsibility of black people to educate me. As a follower of Christ, it's my responsibility to love all and judge none, to expose hate, which includes racism, to meet people where they're at. First Corinthians 12, 26 says, if one member suffers, all suffer together. Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. The fourth thing that I want to share with you guys that I have learned this week is that saying all lives matter in retort to black lives matter is just no, don't do it. All lives do matter. Yes. Saying that black lives matter is not saying that all lives don't matter, but all lives can't matter until black lives matter. I keep hearing these two analogies that really help this click for me. So I wanted to share them with you guys. So the first one is you don't show up at a breast cancer awareness rally and yell out, all cancer matters. And the other example, if there's a row of houses on a street and one of the houses is on fire, you don't spray the water all over all the houses. You spray the one that's on fire. The black community is suffering right now and white people need to step up and be love, right? Instead of turning a blind eye or getting offended. So then that brings us to the fifth and final thing that I'm going to share that I've learned this week, which I want to encourage you to go check out that BLM highlight over on my Instagram because I am sharing what I've learned, but also seven action steps that I'm taking along with my husband to continue to be an active participant in social justice, okay? Um, But the fifth thing that I'm going to share with you guys that I've learned this week is that it's acceptable to say black, Like, I had no idea. I thought that was offensive. And that brings us into the rest of this episode. I know this is kind of a long intro, but I actually have my friend Ayana on the show as a guest today, which honestly, I'm a little bit nervous because I've never interviewed anyone before. So I'm really glad that it's someone that I know in real life for the very first one. Now, a disclaimer that I want to give before we go into the interview, I don't recommend you asking these or similar questions to just a random black person who you don't have rapport or a relationship with, okay? Ayana and I have worked together at coffee shops. She's been to my house. We've gone to church together. We've been in group text messages together. Like we have a foundation. She knows my heart and I know hers. But I asked her to come on the show today so that I could ask her questions that maybe white people are wondering, but they're either scared to ask or they don't know how to ask. And I also want to preface this interview with encouraging you to start by educating yourself, amplifying the voices of black people and getting involved in actual action. Again, I'm asking Ayana these questions because of our in real life friendship. And I also want to make a note that Ayana is one person. She does not represent all black feelings and opinions, but we are so thankful that she is willing to come on and share her heart with us today. 
Before I play the interview for you guys, which I'm just saying it is so incredibly packed with good information and it's just an honest, real, raw conversation. But before I play it for you guys, I want to take a second just to apologize for the subpar sound quality that the interview has. To be completely transparent with you guys, I already mentioned, but this is my first time ever doing an interview and my first time ever doing an interview over Zoom. And typically my husband is in charge of all of the sound here on the podcast, but he was not home when I did this interview. So I was just trying to like fumble my way through and do it on my own. And I did my best, but it's definitely not great. It was a learning experience and now I know what to do better for next time, but it doesn't matter because the content in the interview is so incredibly valuable and it needs to be heard. So we are going to roll with it, but just prepare yourself for a change in the sound quality. All right, let's go ahead and head into the interview. Hi, Ayana. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I, if you're okay with it, I want you to do just like a quick intro for us. So who you are, where you're from, what you do, your Enneagram number, like lay it all on us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my name is Ayana Lage. I live in Tampa with my husband. Um, we are expecting a little girl in August, which I'm very excited for. Um, let's see. I'm so bad at intros. My Enneagram is three wing two, but I'm one of those annoying people who like is very skeptical of the Enneagram. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even though I'm such a three, like I'm very much like, I don't know. You know, I just, I feel like I have like Adam's five. Adam's the same way. Adam's like, the same way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. So I work, I quit my job last year to do full-time freelance and I work in uh I feel like so many spaces. I have a blog, mm -hmm. but then I also do like freelance social media management and then freelance writing. Mm -hmm. So lots of moving parts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Cool. Uh, okay. So um, I was going to tell them, you already said it. I was going to say, you guys can't see Ayana right now, but she's seven months pregnant right now, which didn't you say yes. on Instagram that people are saying that they can't tell that you're seven months pregnant? Yeah, well, I think it's because I wear loose clothing a lot. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. That it's my, it's a little bit of a surprise. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, she she is kicking like twenty four seven, so she's definitely. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, I'm actually thankful that you're willing to come on here, and we were talking a little bit earlier, but just sharing your time and especially your energy with us right now because you are number one, seven months pregnant, and because it's a Sunday, and I know Sundays are usually like super chill. So thank you so much for being here and being willing to kind of walk us through such a heavy topic. Um, you and I were talking before I hit record um, just about how I've always been kind of fearful um, about talking about racism because I didn't want to do anything wrong. I didn't want to offend anyone. And honestly, this is me being very vulnerable, but like, I just didn't see it as my problem. I knew it was a problem, but I didn't really recognize the fact that it was my problem. Um, and then I have, I have two things I want to kind of 
peek into those like fears that I was kind of walking in and living in. Um, number one, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, um, which that's second Timothy. For those of you listening, if you want to like fact check me or something. Um, but I was just living in such a fearful place. Like I would, I would always tiptoe around it just because like I said, I didn't want to offend anyone or say something wrong. Um, and then number two, where is the growth in not talking about something, right? Like without growth, there is no real change. Like it's not going to happen. Um, so before we kind of jump into a few questions that I put together, I want you to just tell us how the last few weeks, especially the last week has felt for you. Um, I just want to give you kind of an open space to speak your heart before we jump into the questions. Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate that. And I, you know, I think it's been interesting. It's been, um, the benefit of, because I had a couple of posts go viral on Instagram this past week, which was, or, um, last week, I guess is when it all started. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, <laughs> it's been a whirlwind. It's kept me very busy. And I think that's been a blessing because I really was so wrapped up in like, I, um, am a former journalist. I am someone who has like, was always listening to CNN, like prides myself mm-hmm. in knowing I'm the first friend to know when something's happening on the news, but I just, my, my spirit was so heavy and I kept on seeing pictures and videos of George Floyd, mm-hmm. um, on social media and on, on the television. And it just like, it was truly like, like I literally felt like a little kid. Like I literally would like plug my ears mm-hmm. if I was walking by the TV and I saw the video just because it was, it was, I, I don't even have words for it. I mean, I know that it was awful for a white person to watch, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think that for me, because that isn't the first video I'm right. shocked that it has made the change that it has because it isn't the first video like this right? viral, even just a couple of weeks before, obviously, Ahmaud Arbery, mm-hmm. we all saw the video of him being chased down by two random, three mm-hmm. random men, mm-hmm. you know? and so I feel like there's been a lot of heaviness, and I think that it's a blessing and a curse that all of this is being documented and that we have video of it and that we can see the violence instead of having to hear about it secondhand. Um, but I think that especially for black people, it's been like a really exhausting time. Right. Yeah. So um, long-winded answer to say, I've been good and bad, depends right. on the day and you know what's right. happening. Right. Uh, I was telling you a few days ago that I uh, didn't realize you had gone viral until I was sitting on the couch with my husband, Adam, and he just had his phone and he was scrolling. I think he's on Facebook or something and Buzzfeed. And he was like, isn't this your friend? And I was like, wait, what? And so he hey, showed me I and know. I was like, yes, yes, it is. So, isn't that funny? Yeah. So wild. yeah, it's yeah. been wild. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have, I just, I did two questions just because I don't want to take up too much of your time. And I, I know they're kind of bigger questions. So we're, I'm just going to jump in. Um, so the first one at the beginning in the intro before like we were on the call together. Um, and I think I already talked to you about this anyways, but I didn't know until I saw your Facebook post earlier last week at this point, I guess now, um, that it was okay to say black. Uh, like, So I wanted to ask you the question, like, how can we as white people 
be more intentional about the language that we use to describe different people groups. So like, for instance, as I mentioned, I didn't know it was acceptable to say black. I always thought that, you know, we were quote, air quotes, supposed to say people of color or POC. Um, I thought it was like the safe route to go to where I wouldn't offend anyone. Because again, I said I was terrified of offending somebody. Um, And then I've heard, you know, throughout this week, Um, people have said African-American, some people are saying black, some people are saying people of color. And then, like I told you earlier, I've been seeing BIPOC and I had to Google that. I didn't even know that that stood for black indigenous people of color. So what is okay, again, in air quotes, and what isn't so we can be respectful and just aware of what we're saying? Like, are all of these terms exclusive from one another? Are they interchangeable? Like just kind of a, I guess, 101 answer on that, if you don't mind. Right. So I love that you asked this because I want to be clear that um, I know that people of color has become, for lack of a better word, what some people would view as the politically correct term. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I use the term people of color um, and I'm not offended by it, but like it was interesting right after George Floyd in a group I was in, someone was basically asking you could tell that like this poor white woman clearly was trying to say like, Hey, like if you were creative on Instagram and like in light of what's happened, like I want to amplify POC voices. Mm -hmm. Um, So can you leave your Instagram handle? Like I want to share your platform. Well, the thread um, ended up having (laughs) very few black voices, which I don't think is like, I'm not saying, oh my gosh, she did something terrible. But at the same time, she clearly was talking about George Floyd. She clearly was talking about Black Lives Matter. But because she didn't know that she could say Black, she said POC. And Mm -hmm. then there were a lot of Asian and Hispanic voices who, again, they they are people of color. There's nothing wrong with that. Who then were like, okay, like, here's my platform. And so what I think the status that Justin's referencing is a little bit tongue-in-cheek that I posted, like, hey, like white people, you can say black if you're talking about black people. Mm -hmm. Um, It's totally okay to say people of color if you're talking about non-white people. But if you were specifically talking about injustice that that affects black people, you can be specific. And I think that the reason that that's appreciated is because, because so many people groups fall into people of color, it just becomes very like, you know, it... I feel like it, it's important to be intentional with our words. So it's like right. talking about black injustice, you can say black people. Um, as far as African-American goes, I again, like when I fill out forms, I'm African-American. But the right. funny thing to me, and um, you know, I mentioned this on Facebook as well, like my mom um, immigrated here from Jamaica. She is neither, I mean, she has African ancestry, you know, as sure of us do but she's neither african nor american mm-hmm. um so she doesn't i mean she doesn't care but when people look at her and say oh you're african-american i mean it's not technically correct correct um and so i think that when you talk about injustice even against um if you're talking about racism against african-americans and then you have british people in your audience um again if you're just talking about racism in general then it becomes like exclusionary because mm-hmm. not everyone who you're talking to will be African or American. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think, and then of course you mentioned by POC, which mm-hmm. um, really I think recognizes that both black 
and indigenous people of color um, have, are, you know, are two of the most marginalized groups in sure. our nation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's the way to, to, to kind of specify, but, you know, I would say to try not to, try not to get too wrapped up in being afraid to use the wrong term. Although I have, and I, 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 I don't want to like be snarky, but it's me. So I'm just going to say it. I was like, going to say it's I you. Just come on. <laughs> yeah. I did have an interaction with someone like at church and I could tell they were trying, but they said colored people. And I literally like, this was like several months ago, but I was like, <laughs> okay. So oh. just so everyone knows you can't, you can't call us colored. That's like, right. that's like from the 1940s, like separate right. fountains vibe. Right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, in general, like I get that people are trying and I get right. that people are saying POC. But it, it, again, like if you want to focus on helping this movement, then amplify Black voices. Right. And, um, and hearing you say this kind of reminds me of like things that I, uh, you know, talk about. There is so much power in giving something a name like I say you know if something is you know scaring you or bogging you down or holding you back from something I feel like when we give something a name it kind of makes it like not more tangible but like we're like oh like this is what we're fighting for this is what we're up against and I feel like in this case like that kind of applies like it gets rid of the ambiguity almost and we're like no like we're we're fighting for black lives right now you know um so hearing you explain that just kind of drives that point home so thank you uh so now you guys can you kind of know what like it's and I like how you said too, like you can tell when people are trying. So like, right. j- like, just, just try, like, don't skirt around it. Like, obviously right. don't be blatantly disrespectful, but like, it, you're going to be corrected, right? If you, if you say something incorrect, like something that I've kind of been putting on myself this week is be teachable and be unoffendable. Like, don't allow right. yourself to be offended. Like, this isn't my thing to be offended over so like if I'm being corrected like that's helping me learn and grow and unlearn and do better so I shouldn't be offended by being corrected like it's it's a good thing to be corrected because it means that I'm stepping out out of my norm and like making steps in the right direction you know right totally and I I want to add on because I think this is an important note even though I'm saying and I know that all of my close black friends feel the same way that I do call us black, you might call someone black and they might say, I prefer a different term. And I just right. have to like emphasize again, that like black people are not a monolith. We, we right. you know what I mean? Like there's no like common thought that you can say, okay, this is sure. how black people feel about this. Right, so I know right. that I've gotten some voices in my inbox very well meaning who I can tell feel almost betrayed. Like, well, this person said that was okay, but now you're saying it's not. And I'm like, well, yes, because we're two different, different people. people. Yeah. So I mean, I think, that, yeah, I said at the very beginning of the episode too, before you came on, I was like, listen, like Ayana is one human being. Like she does right. not like her opinion. Speak is not, for like, everyone. Right? Yeah. Like it, we're talking to Ayana here. Like that's it. Right. So I'm glad that you said Love that. that. Too. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, so the next question, this one is kind of, I guess, a bigger question in the sense that like, there's a lot of different directions we can go with it. And I am open to you kind of taking it wherever you want to go with it. Um, so the last few weeks, uh, white people have been learning a lot through social media, obviously, um, how to diversify our brands, our businesses, how to be more inclusive, how to be a good ally, and so much more. Um, all of this stuff is so incredible. And I'm honestly, we talk about this a little bit too. I'm just grateful for all the time and energy that black people have poured so willingly into educating us white people right now. Like you black people are like your community is suffering right now. Like this is your time to yeah. be grieving and you're using your energy to educate white people. And like, that gives me goosebumps because that's, that's love right there to me. Like there's, you know what I mean? Like there, that's just so much grace right there and so much love. Um, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. Um, but how can we as white people take this beyond social media and participate in lasting change? Because I know myself, I've been praying about how to enter back into the marketplace and incorporate what I've learned. Like, I don't want to get back to my quote, usual content, which if you're listening and you've never listened before, um, I sell planners. So I don't want to just hop on tomorrow on Instagram and be, you know, posting videos of my planners and of my smoothie and my, you know, whatever I use, my dog's farting. That's very prevalent content on my Instagram. <laughs> I love um, it. But like, I don't want to get back to posting that and people right. to think like, oh, well, she doesn't care anymore. She was just doing it for social media. So like we've been told to educate ourselves, to vote, donate, but what are some day-to-day -day examples of ways that we can incorporate what we've learned into our lives to support the Black community in a meaningful, lasting way that goes beyond just like posting on social media? Yeah, I, I love this question. Um, and you know, I think that as I mentioned, I work in social media management mm -hmm. and my clients are wrestling with this because, um, you know, one of my clients is like, they're just like a clothing brand, but they're really like social justice minded. Mm -hmm. And when they posted Black Lives Matter, they got a lot of pushback from customers who were like, of course, all lives matter. Mm -hmm. Stop, you know, you're close, basically shut up and sell me shirts. Mm -hmm. And they are kind of like, we want, we don't want those people to feel like they've won by the people who are hoping that everyone would shut up about this, being able to say, oh, thank God, like mm -hmm. everything's back to normal. Um, but I think that, you know, I would just say, look at what you've done this past week or past two weeks and keep doing those things regularly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was talking to a friend that, um, you know, the, the, this week has kind of reminded me of like and this will speak to my very like Pentecostal upbringing but <laughs> going, to, going to church camp and like getting quote unquote filled with the spirit and being like I'm never going to sin again like this is awesome and then you get home and like you completely forget about it and that's kind of been my fear that like we're in that like church camp high right now okay um <laughs> I am crying laughing right now because I kid you not when I was in the shower right before this this is the exact example that I had in my head I was Shut like up. I don't want this to be church camp I promise you like this is amazing. okay well the Please funny thing is is that the conversation I was having was with Carson who is a dear friend to both oh of us oh my gosh so we are all on the same wavelength <laughs> but yeah you know I think that that's the thing yeah or like and I think the example that she used is like 
when you have a new year's resolution mm-hmm. and the first few days you're going to the gym twice a day and it's awesome and right. so it's kind of like how do you make this not just like an adrenaline driven viral thing that happens that right. you don't remember a month from now and I mean I think that it's just a matter of if you are committing to reading from black authors um don't just read one book and feel like you've you know learned everything Check, you're done. Yeah. and I would also say to read books that aren't about race from black authors mm-hmm. you know what I mean because I mean mm-hmm. that also will diversify how you think and you know so I mean if you're donating if you're marching if you're speaking up I would just say to integrate those things into your day-to-day life life so that that way it's not you know it doesn't have to fade away and you know as far as social media goes Jess knows because we've been friends for a while if you scroll back on my blog or my Instagram you'll see I'm not like a like my full-time job is not being an activist I I speak about I've in the past I've spoken spoken used my platform to speak about race Mm -hmm. and racism um but it was nowhere near the focus of my content Mm -hmm. so I mean even for me there will be a return to you know the new normal I mean I think that I feel emboldened because now that I know that I have an audience that is yearning to have these conversations Mm -hmm. I can put this content out but at the same time I have zero desire just as a black woman I mean I admire people who have devoted their lives to this work but I for me that is not what I want to do I like what I do I like working Mm -hmm. in marketing and um you know I like blogging about silly things Mm -hmm. it's not like I am saying like oh like you know everything has changed for me as far as planning out social media content you know soon it will Mm -hmm. be more of what it once was Um, right you know so I mean I think that what you just have to do is you have to commit to showing up um, in tangible ways offline Mm -hmm. and you know what people might as Jess said people might call you out like it's one of those things. It's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yep. There's, I can't tell you. And so many people have messaged me, like, should I delete my black square for Blackout Tuesday? Uh-huh. Should I donate to this organization or this organization? Should I do this or this? And I'm like, I know, I get it. I know that you want a black person to tell you, like, here's the right answer. Right. Here's your road. I personally refuse to 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 speak authoritatively on this issue because, as me and Jessica both said, I'm one person. Mm-hmm. Um, and my lived experience differ from many other people's. My thing is do whatever feels genuine. Yes. And like continue to amplify black voices. Right. Whatever that looks like for you. Um, but you know, again, like regardless of what you do, if you keep posting, people might call you performative. If you don't keep posting, people might say, Why are like hello, you've already moved on right there's no right answer I think that you just have to know you have to be true to yourself and if you are committed to this work then that is what matters you know right so yeah hopefully all of that yes yes I'm just so glad that you brought up church camp because that was like isn't that funny yes like I took I woke up so early this morning um and I was in the shower at like 6 30 in the morning and I was like thinking about our call that we were gonna have today and I was like like, I don't want this to be like a church camp thing where you like, you're on that high and like 
everyone is like unity in Christ and like, you know, like everything is just so like loud and big and in front of your face. And then it just kind of gradually like fades away. I was like, I don't want it to be like that. I want this to be a lifestyle shift. And I feel like I, that's what my goal is, is I don't, I I want it to, I want to be able to weave kind of these things into my day-to-day life. It's not really, um, you know, so cut and dry. I feel like it's kind it's, it's like everything else in life. Like how you said, when we have new year's resolutions, like you have to figure out how to eat healthy and go to the gym in a way that is a part of your day-to-day life. You don't wake up and just only eat healthy food, only go to the gym all day long. That's not where you're like all of your thoughts are at, you kind of have to weave it in and you know what I mean? Find ways to do that. And I feel like for me personally, I am continuing to do things offline that are making an impact. And you have to, just like you said, be authentic to yourself, be doing the work offline. And then if somebody just so happens to slide into your DMs, they're like, Hey, were you just doing that for a show? You can be like, Hey, like I totally am like, thanks for reaching out. But like, here are some things that I've been doing like in my life. Like people, it's the same thing that people always say. Social media is our highlight reel. You only see what you want to see. Like you can't judge someone's entire life just on that, you know, little platform. Um, But like you said, as I'm reading books that are, you know, either about race or not about race by black authors or reading articles or artwork, I have been like following so many, just all types of people. I've been really into, you know, art on Instagram, like just sharing stuff that is out of your like little bubble of normal sharing, you know? Um, So I think those are super like tangible kinds of things that we could do It's just check your heart. You know, I feel like that's kind of what it comes down to. Like, why are you doing this? And how you were saying, like, you don't want to be like an authoritative voice, kind of giving people their map, like, hey, this is what you have to do in order to be doing it right. I think that people kind of taking initiative and figuring it out on their own, it makes you more compassionate and passionate about the cause about what you're doing like you're more deeply connected to it the roots are in your heart it's not just something you're doing as a checkbox because somebody told you to do it and so that's kind of why I've taken a lot of time this week to figure out okay well like obviously I'm one person I can't do every single thing that every single person is saying to do like that's it's not going to happen so instead of viewing myself, well, you're a failure because you're not doing every single thing, what can I do? What feels like something that I can get behind and really stick out like for the long term? So I'm glad that you said that. I think it's really important yes. for people to take initiative on their own and kind of just go for it, you know? So thank you again so much for coming on here and just sharing your time and energy with us. Um, but I want you to do something and I love following you on Twitter. So that's why I wanted to do this. I want you to tell, well, first of all, I want you to tell us where we can go to be your online BFF. Like where's the number one place or places that you would like us to go to kind of see where we can find more of your stuff. Yes. Okay. So my Instagram is the best place to find me. Hopefully you have show notes. because I do. Everything will be there. Yeah. Okay. My Instagram is the best place to find me. I'm not going to attempt to spell out my handle because there's so many letters that I'm always afraid I'm going to like spell my own name wrong on like a recorded interview. You're just like, but no, don't need to deal with that. Yeah. For Instagram. <laughs> As okay. just mentioned, I do, I am on Twitter. I feel like 
I don't know if you guys have seen those memes. It's like like me on Instagram versus me in real life. That's like 100%. me on Twitter. Yeah, that's why I love following you on Twitter. I want to warn <laughs> anyone who follows me on Twitter. Like, I <laughs> I'm much more like I don't know what the word is. I'm I don't want to say I'm mean on Twitter. I think I'm much funnier on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, but. Yeah. But I feel like on snarky. Instagram, you have to be like tidy, you know, because it's like right. you have to keep yourself like kind of tidied up. But like on Twitter, I feel like you can kind of, for lack of better words, let it all hang out. Like that's how I feel I am on Twitter. So you know what I mean? Um, but I want you, if you can, to leave us with like one final, like tie it all together, sum it up, like a tweet style takeaway. So like just one thing oh, wow. that you want people to kind of take away from this conversation, this past week, just kind of everything, just like a tweet style takeaway, one punchy sentence. Okay, I will do my best for a punchy sentence. Okay. I actually, I actually think that I have one, um, and I might be like, I'd probably get cut off. If, if this was for Twitter, it'd be a fun. <laughs> but um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. There's going to be work to be done next month and next year and 10 years from now and 100 years from now because this dates back. I mean, I, I don't want to make this U.S. centric, but me and Jess are both American. It dates back mm-hmm. 400 years for us. You know, there's going to be a lot of unlearning and a lot of dismantling that has to be done. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, again, like we will be doing this work 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids will probably be doing this work among their friends when they're adults. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't feel like you have to be frenzied about this because... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the work will still be there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I'm so happy that you uh, hung out with us today and uh, I love you so much. Love you more. Thank you so much, Jess.